Okay, we're uh, we're back at it. Many guys who aren't from Oklahoma, Bernie, you have no idea. We don't like them. It's personal. We got a logo too. We've been working on one for 18 years, and, and we want everybody in the country to know, with all due respect, we got a logo too. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby, Merry Christmas. Uh, my favorite week of the year, the Masters. I'm sure yours as well. Uh, how's your Masters week going so far? Uh, terrible. Terrible, awful, terrible. Uh, Brooks Kepka, 65 yesterday. Backed it up with a 67 this morning in perfect conditions. And the entire afternoon wave is about to be wiped out of the golf tournament by Mother Nature. So... Um, it's not a PGA tour live thing. I've never liked Brooks. I didn't like him whenever he was at the top of his powers. So Brooks having the masters, not one, but it would take something weird at this point for Brooks not to win the masters for that to be the case by 11 AM on Friday was pretty disappointing for me. Yeah. Um, so disappointing and tiger Rory, uh, Brooks, the, uh, the bad man, the bad guy, Brooks is back on the block, the major killer. Um, and now the weather's gonna, I mean, did you, Colby, did you know they haven't had a Monday finish at Augusta since like Seve won it? 83, Seve Ballesteros. Yep. The year before I was born is how long that's been. That's wild to think. And of course it is springtime. Prior to that, they'd only ever had one. There's only been two Monday masters finishes ever. Like the weather is just generally pretty good. The second weekend of April in Georgia, uh, not this weekend. It's Rain and wind are coming. The wind's going to flip from south to north, and it is going to get cold and nasty for about the next 48 hours. And Brooks Koepka is going to put his feet up and watch everybody else struggle uh, and wait until his tee time for his third round, which I think might not be until Sunday. Yeah, and it helps that they have such a small field. They can start early, and that's how they probably always get it in. Uh, but first, before we get into the Masters and a little bit of news with basketball and football, let's hear from Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at Chris University Spirit. Dot com. Well, we had an Oklahoma State tie at Augusta. Victor Hovland uh, tied for the lead after the first round. And, you know, Victor Colby has never really, I mean, he's he's done very well in majors, but he's never really been in the thick of it on a Sunday with a chance to win one. And he's off to an amazing start. Uh, his lowest round at Augusta, 65. He had never shot around in the 60s at Augusta. And what's remarkable about Victor Colby, everyone knows his, his fatal flaw is his chipping and around the green game. He's, he's been very open and honest about that. He's always saying he's improved it, but inevitably in one of these majors, he, he makes some really big mistakes and that ultimately costs him. But it's just so much fun to watch him when he's dialed in like he was. Cause, and this is partly what gets Victor into trouble around the greens is he's way less of a tiger or Scotty Scheffler in that they, are very conservative in their approaches to the greens. Victor just says, to hell with this, I'm firing at every flag. I'm going to make a ton of birdies. And when he's on, like he was in the first round, it was just a joy to watch. Yeah, it was. Victor can get really hot. I mean, you'll see Victor kind of struggle, and he'll duff want to make a double from here, here, here and there. He had the, uh, the bunker shot at the Arnold Palmer, which cost him a couple shots in the final round and maybe a chance to contend for that tournament. But when he's on... It is just dialed, beautiful. He had the putter working yesterday. He made a long one at the 11th for a birdie, a hole that almost no one birdies. He was really dialed in. He's going to need it again today. Obviously, he's five back of Kepka. I just checked. It looks like the weather's backed off maybe an hour 
in Augusta. So Hovland and, and Tiger's group might be able to get nine holes in, in somewhat decent, decent conditions before it starts to get nasty. So he needs to attack early. Um, yeah, I, I'm pulling hard, hard, hard for Victor Hovland. I do think at some point in his career, he'll win a major Carson. I just, when you're a young guy and, and you haven't been in contention a ton at major championships, and he really hasn't. He's only got one career top 10 in majors. It was last year at St. Andrews, and he was tied for the overnight lead, four clear of Cam Smith and Cam Young, and him and Rory both kind of just hung out and were in neutral. I think he shot 74 on that Sunday. So he needs more weeks in contention, and the Thursday round is great. But now I want to see him back it up with something good in this second round. I mean, even if he could just shoot 70, a couple under par in the second round to stay within earshot of Brooks Kepka, keep getting in contention, keep feeling those nerves for those Sunday final rounds in major championships, and hopefully uh, at some point Victor Hovland's hoisting a trophy or putting on a jacket at one of the biggest tournaments in golf because I think he is that caliber of player, Carson. He really is, and I, I think he's a much better fit for a U.S. Open. Uh, you go back to his his USAM win at, at Pebble. Um, I, I just think he's more of a – when they grow the rough up, I think that suits Victor better than chipping off tight lies like like at Augusta. But I will say the the real highlights of his round, Colby, weren't his just deadly iron game, his deadly approach game. The real highlights were his his skill around the greens, which has been his big you know, bugaboo. Uh, that, that chip on 10 – uh, he had a couple more throughout the round. Was but man, that that chip on ten, it looked like he was in absolute jail, and he chips it to a few feet, makes the birdie, and and moves on. It was just uh, all world stuff from Victor, and uh, just what'd you make of you know? Because I'm sure you didn't have him a ton in all your pools for those reasons, right? I mean, how, what did you make of his improvements with his short game? Yeah, I'd say of about the 13 or 14 different pools I'm in, I think I had Victor in one or two. So I've got him, but I don't have a lot of him. Yeah, the one on 10 was just absolutely silly. You're, you're getting up and down from there. I mean, even the best players in the world, that's a one in 10, maybe. We'll, we'll call it two in 10 because those guys make a lot of 10 to 15 footers. Um, but yeah, that was an unbelievable shot. I mean, even on 14, he was kind of short-sighted over there. Everything running away from him had to barely trickle it on and does and is able to get it up and down for par. Uh, I know people are going to be listening to this on a playback, but he was just greenside on number one and just chipped it to about 60 feet. So uh, I, I don't know. We'll see if he can back that up today. Maybe get out with a bogey on the first and go from there and get some birdies with some par fives coming. But yes, he was a, an absolute wizard yesterday. It's hard to back those rounds up. And that's why even, I, I mean, Brooks got the, the best tee time of, of the tournament. I think he went off like third group today. But even in the best conditions, it's still not easy to back up a 65 with a 67 at Augusta National, and he did it. So uh, if he wins, he'll absolutely be a deserving champion, but I'm hoping that somebody can run him down. Well, besides his play, Victor, I mean, uh, the thing that got a lot of the headlines too was his attire. Oh. Uh, he's, he's sponsored by Jay Lindbergh, which – Gosh, are they sweet? Are they a Swedish brand? Do you know where Jay Lindbergh's from? Good question. I'll find out. Yeah, you Google that. I know they used to sponsor. They they kind of came up with Camilo Vajegas, people may remember, and they they used to make some like it's like very high end, like you know, kind of Ralph Lauren type stuff, and they used to make some really cool gear back in the day. Uh, but they had Victor in this floral arrangement. And it looked almost like a, people compared it to like a meat shirt. It looked like a bunch of meat on his shirt. It was like so bad that I guess Jay Lindbergh sold out of them because I think you could wear those at like a master's party and like get tons of laughs because it was such an atrocious shirt. But we, I, I, I tweeted the, 
the Godfather gif of look how they massacred my boy and no laying up tweeted it the very next day. So we were on the same page there, but it was a, uh, quite a look. And as I'm watching right now, Colby, he's wearing a plain Brown shirt. I think he's taken control of his scripting because he's not wearing that atrocious shirt anymore. I don't think he has. Cause he said that he doesn't really control anything. As far as his attire goes, he just made the 60 footer for par on one, by the way. So that's pretty decent. Nice little up and in there. Um, wow. no, he, uh, he did his, he was supposed to wear the same shirt, but in green with green pants, his scripting has been laid out for the week. Really? Interesting. Yeah, he, he literally just went with a brown brown shirt and black pants and just said, I'm not wearing green pants and the same type shirt. Okay. I wonder if they decided, all right, we're in contention here. Everybody's making fun of our clothes. Let's do something different. It is a Swedish company. Um, Victor Holland being from Norway. Um, yeah, it is Makes a Swedish sense. company. Uh, one thing I thought was weird yesterday, too, I'm sure Paycom's play, paying a pretty penny for that logo on his shirt. They had the Paycom logo in white font on a mostly white part of the shirt. If they were not zoomed way in on Victor Hovland, you absolutely <laughs> could not tell that there was a Paycom logo on his shirt. Uh, so I wonder if big Chad Richardson hit up Lindenberg and was like, hey, guys, if we're going to be weird with the clothes, that's one thing. But can we see the logo, maybe a different color font or something? Because that was something I picked up on yesterday, too. Uh, that might be why he changed, because you couldn't see really any. He's got one, two, three, four, five different logos besides Jay Lindbergh's on his polo. And I'm sure they all banded together. I'm like, guys, the shirt's whatever, but we're paying him a ton of money so people can read our logos and they can't. So that, you might be onto something there. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, that, that stuff costs money and you need a little contrast. Just use a different color font. If you want to do the weird shirts, that's one thing, uh, but a different color font. I really, I know people listen to this back later and they're like, stop doing play by play of the Masters. I can't believe he just made that 60 footer for par at the first, Carson. I'm back. Uh, I'm back on board. The Masters is fun again. Yeah, he's, that worries me. He's had a lot of, he's had a few good bounces this week as well. But also, that was the lowest round ever shot by someone playing in the same group as Tiger Woods at Augusta National. That's how that's how impressive uh, Victor was. And I don't know. I just I've always said this about Victor. Like people have always kind of railed on his his chipping and his putting. I'm like, you don't win however many God, I, I did the math one year about how many consecutive holes he won at the USAM and how few holes he ever trailed. You you can't do that without being an elite putter and having a good enough short game like so i think i think a lot of his shortcomings are, are pretty overblown because he's so good everywhere else no you're absolutely right whenever you hit it as good as he does you don't need to be as elite on and around the greens uh and whenever you have the good weeks on and around the greens that's when he pops up and wins. he's won three times on the pga tour in the last few years he's won twice on the dp world tour over in europe uh once last year in dubai he's won back-to-back hero world challenges which is kind of a small event but you play some good golf there it is what it is take it for what it's worth um yeah, you don't win at this level if you can't do some of that stuff. And yes, sometimes that jumps up and bites him. But I, I think that whenever you have the, the conversation about golf in particular, like when I mean, you talk about one of these guys in the NBA and it's like, oh, this guy's a terrible shooter. Well, maybe relative to his peers. But if that guy, I mean, that guy could shoot. Same thing with Victor Hovland and his chipping and putting. If he shows up at your local club, he's the best chipper there. He's the best putter there. Compared to the best players in the world relative to his peers, maybe not. But I think that also shows you where his ball striking is at. So uh, Victor Hovland, again, Carson, it feels insane because Oklahoma State has been so good at golf for so long. Do you know who the last major winner from Oklahoma State was? Oh, let me think about that. Bob Tway. 
It was Bob freaking Tway in the 80s whenever he holed out from the bunker to beat Greg Norman. Uh, another tournament that Greg Norman wishes would have been 54 holes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the last major champion from Oklahoma State. The only one ever. The only one ever. Golf school. Only one. Well, Oklahoma State needs another one. I think Victor Hovland's next on the list. Uh, we used to debate between him and Matt Wolf. So obviously, Victor, <laughs> we need to put all our money on him then. Uh, but maybe maybe Augusta didn't want him wearing a green jacket with that hideous shirt. Maybe that's why he changed it. But it we'll have glad. to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the weather's moving in, like you mentioned. But um, been a fun first round so far. We'll have to see how Victor does on Friday. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there was an interesting article, Colby, that came out. I just sent it to you about Oklahoma State switching gears to football now. Unless you had any other master's thoughts. Any other, any other things you wanted um, to throw in there? Uh, just quick Tiger notice, Carson. I, I love Tiger. You, everybody knows this. I'm surrounded by pictures of Tiger Woods on my wall right now. He is not ever going to win the Masters again. He cannot handle this walk. This golf course is a beast, and his body is broken. That would that would be my other observation. Can we get him a cart? I uh, on, on the PGA Tour, you can apply for one. He said that he won't. I honestly don't even know if you can apply for one at Augusta. I don't know what they're. Their <laughs> I don't think they want a cart going down the fairway. <laughs> I would not imagine. Maybe a 90-degree rule where you have to park out in the trees and then you can walk to your ball. I don't know. But this golf course in particular, I think if Tiger ever gets on a heater and gets another one, it's going to be like on a really nice weather day in Scotland uh, playing a flat course. This course is too much of a walk. That dude's body is broken. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. He just he limps so bad that it's just it's it's hard to watch. And I he was kind of talking like this might he didn't know how many more he had left in him. Like it kind of wouldn't surprise me if he just you know this might be his last. Not maybe not this one, but the next couple might be his last. I I could see him retiring when the next couple of years. I th- I think he'll play at least through fifty. And see how it goes. Maybe give himself a chance to play one good weather week at Augusta. Last year, I mean, he played in like 40 degrees on the weekend, 78, 78. This year, he's going to have to play in 40 degrees again in north wind and rainy. So I think he'll give it a few more and see if maybe he can catch a year where it's 80 degrees all four days and and he gets hot and gets that kind of feeling back in his in his hands and gets that adrenaline going. But uh, other than that, yeah, I think he'll play a few more and then he'll be the guy teeing off at uh, sunrise on Thursday morning, getting everybody else kick-started. Well, he's beating Rory McIlroy, who is now four over for the tournament. Um, I thought this was the year, Colby. I just, the stars seemed to be aligned. He had made a new putter change. Um, He'd been playing just some elite level golf. Uh, Seemed like he had the right approach. Um, And once again, same old story. Uh, Thursday round, not in the 60s, and he's probably going to miss the cut. It's just... um, and I used to argue with Kyle Porter all the time about Rory because there was this period after he won all those majors that, you know, Kyle's pro Rory and has a relationship with him. Uh, Rory just wasn't, he was just another guy for a while, but now he's back to being himself. That's why I was kind of on board and, and thought he had a chance to win this week. And he was my pick actually. Um, just disappointing. I, I, we need Rory at the ceremonial tee shot 50 years from now. We need him at the champion's dinner, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. He's just too much in his own head. I mean, yesterday was such a good opportunity to make birdies, and he was terrible. He had more one-handed finishes than two-handed. Uh, yeah, no, he lo- he um, he struggled yesterday, big time, and he got the good end of the weather draw. He yes. Arson, I I think he is just paralyzed 
by the thought of winning the career grand slam, you know, the, the master sits first in the major schedule. So it's an entire off season. It's a, a massive buildup leading into the masters, all the storylines every year surround Rory McIlroy and whether he can get that career grand slam. Only one player has ever completed the career grand slam at Augusta national. If you get the other three first, it's a tough buildup to walk into Augusta and win. The only guy to ever do it was Gene Saracen who did it in the 1930s. It was a little different game back then. I think he is absolutely paralyzed by the thought of the career grand slam. And it shows up every, every year on Thursday at Augusta national. Normally he's able to backdoor a top 10, like he did last year with his Sunday 64 ended up finishing T2. I believe Uh, I don't think that that's going to happen this year, barring a few birdies or maybe an Eagle on the back nine. He's probably going to miss the cut and he won't have to deal with the cold yeah it's too bad but there's a lot of big big names up on the leaderboard so it should be a fun weekend uh let's transition to oklahoma state football there was a report uh oklahoma state ranks last among power five schools in recruiting spending per usa today uh according to the usa today oklahoma state spent four hundred and fifty five thousand dollars the past fiscal year and for reference georgia led the way with 4.5 million so OSU used about 10% of the budget the national championship, uh, the national champion Bulldogs did, and Oklahoma 2.6 mil, Texas 2.4. So, what do you make of this, Colby? I I kind of I don't know what to make it. I mean, obviously it needs to be higher than that. Uh, I think obviously recruiting has been an issue at Oklahoma State in terms of winning the Big 12 for a very long time. You know, people cite wins and 10 win seasons are great. If you're not winning conference championships, what's what's the point? Um, I just I wonder how much of this 455,000, this number being so low is Mike Gundy's recruiting philosophy versus Oklahoma State's administration. That's what we don't know, Colby, but one thing's for certain, uh, that's way too low for Oklahoma State with the, the amount of success they've had. Yeah, I think it's both of those things that you just mentioned, the recruiting philosophy uh, for Mike Gundy. I think part of it is the administration and you know, part of it is, I think, Mike Gundy's salary. I mean, making, what, $7.6 million this year? It doesn't leave a ton for recruiting at a school like Oklahoma State. This isn't Georgia. It's not Clemson. It's not Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M, all these schools that have unlimited funds. Oklahoma State does not have unlimited funds. Things have to be allocated very specifically in order to maximize every dollar. Really hard to do when your coach makes $7.6 million. Um, I understand the market for college football coaches. I understand the raise after, after the big successful season in 2021. But I also understand a fan base right now that's coming off a really down year and doesn't see a lot of things that make you think there's hope for, for a big boom anytime in the near future because the recruiting has been so poor. And Adam Lunt uh, was talking about some things on Twitter yesterday. I was reading back and forth uh, between him and, and some other people about just kind of applying some context to this. There is some context. It, it's a more regional recruiting model for Oklahoma State. Uh, they're not taking private jets out to, to Chino, California and doing all that stuff. Even still, to be dead last in Power 5, to be behind Arizona State, which doesn't care about football, has never cared about football, isn't good at football. You're behind Iowa by more than $100,000. You're almost half of what the next lowest team in the Big 12 Conference is. Iowa State's at $804,000. Uh, so, I mean, that is still $350,000 more dollars that Iowa State is spending on football recruiting than Oklahoma State. It's... Uh, it, it's tough, man. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the fan base sees that, and I think that that number by itself does lack some context, but I think it does allow us to kind of look and say, okay, even lacking some context, that's a pretty decent number to point at and say, oh, 
here's why the recruiting is starting to rank in the 60s instead of the 30s. And I just don't know what that means for the future of Oklahoma State over the next um, five to 10 years, assuming Mike Gundy sticks around that long. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you mentioned his salary. That's where I'm just so confused. Like they pay their assistants well, very, very well. Uh, they've always been competitive with their assistant salaries dating back to the Larry Fedora days. Uh, they obviously pay Mike top 10 money. Um, that's where I, that's where it doesn't add. I think this is more Mike than it is Oklahoma state saying, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. But we really won't know till there's a different head coach and seeing what the spending is at, at that point. But, uh, Mike, Mike knows how to win. Um, last year obviously was a struggle. This year we'll have to wait and see. But uh, he, it's been working for him, so it's hard to really argue with as in its totality. I would argue that's why they haven't won the Big Twelve more than once. But kind of is what it is at this point. Um, basketball, Colby. Uh, Mike Boynton predicted a lot of fluidity with the roster that has come to fruition. Uh, not only has Avery Anderson entered the transfer portal. But so has Caleb Boone. Um, neither's tenure ended well. Uh, Avery, obviously, due to injury. And Caleb Boone was a little disgruntled there at the end of the season. So, uh, Colby, like, look, I know it didn't end well with those two guys, but two of their best players no longer on the roster from a team that didn't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Mike, Mike Boynton has his work cut out for him. He absolutely does. The Caleb Boone one was not surprising to me at all. I, I didn't. He didn't look happy late, late in the season. Um, I mean, reading here on PFB, he had a 12 game stretch this season where he averaged 16 and a half points a game. And then it just all went away. Um, I don't know if, if health was a little bit of that, if there was an illness there for a little bit that he struggled to bounce back from, uh, or if it was just the Avery Anderson injury and, and the lack of shooting and things just got bogged down in the middle. I really don't know. Uh, but Caleb Boone certainly did seem a little disc disgruntled down the stretch of the season. So that one wasn't a big shock to me. I don't know that Avery Anderson was a shock, uh, but that one to me is, is troubling. I, I mean, Oklahoma state needs, playmaking guards. Bryce Thompson, really good player, uh, and he can do a lot of things for you, but he's not take you off the dribble, attack the rim, create for other guys by getting into the paint, doing all that kind of stuff. And Avery Anderson has shown that he can do more of that. So that one uh, is certainly a, a bit concerning to me. They need a playmaker, Carson. They need a real playmaker uh, as a guard who can go out and do what needs to be done. Now, obviously, the transfer portal is a two-way street. If these guys get out there and decide that there's nowhere better that they'd rather be, they can come back to Oklahoma State. Uh, but most guys, especially on the basketball side, it seems, once they put their name in the portal, it seems like they're looking to head somewhere else. So, um, yeah, w wish those guys the best. But like you said, Mike Boyne absolutely has his work cut out for him. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see who he gets. I'm not real interested in talking about all the names that they're potentially targeting in the portal. I just will wait and see who they get and then, and then go from there and evaluate who they did get in the portal. But um, Q Williams said he's coming back, so it's not, you know, just mass exodus. I thought he was – he's announcing his return for his sophomore season at Oklahoma State. I thought he, he provided a little spark. I, I kind of liked what I saw from the young fella. Yeah, I did too. He was a high energy guy uh, late in the season and, and especially in the NIT in some of those games that you might expect a true freshman to go out and get after it a little bit harder. Uh, there's only one name that I want to talk about, Carson, uh, in the rumor mill, and it's because it's a name Oklahoma State fans will be familiar with. LJ Cryer at Baylor is, is looking to get out. He wants more time at point guard. Come be that guy in Stillwater, LJ Cryer. You are more than welcome. Uh, yeah, I would like to get him. Uh, the North Texas kid as well. Was it Tyler Perry? Tyler Perry, not, yeah. Not the I, comedian? I would think he's a Texas Tech guy with McCaslin ending up there. You would think so, right? So, 
Yeah, a lot of fluidity in uh, basketball as well. Uh, time for bullets and BBs. Colby, what do you got for me? Uh, bullet goes to Oklahoma State baseball. It was a big one last weekend, Carson. Texas, after beating Oklahoma State on Friday last week, was on a 16-game winning streak. Oklahoma State beats them 4-1 to on Saturday. And then Sunday, I actually watched the majority of the game on Sunday. Uh, Texas got three in the first inning, led most of the way. Oklahoma State uh, gets a couple on a home run in the sixth or seventh. And then going into the bottom of the ninth, Oklahoma State was down by a run. Uh, lack of control from Texas reliever Nolan Schubert, the true freshman, who I think I said last week was hitting uh, uh, leadoff. That was a mistake on my part. I misread something. He's normally hitting cleanup, sometimes fifth. I believe he was hitting cleanup on Sunday. Comes up with the walk-off single, uh, hitting one out into right field. That was a big series in terms of trying to win the Big 12 Conference. Texas is one of the best teams in the country, and Oklahoma State proved that they were on that level. And then got another big win uh, last night at TCU, 7-6 to six in another close one. So Oklahoma State baseball looking pretty good right now. Dropped the midweek game to Wichita State, but sometimes that happens on the midweek games. Uh, winning the series against Texas, and now you only need one of the next two to win another uh, Big 12 series at at TCU, that is really good stuff from Josh Holiday's crew. Absolutely, uh, baseball's rolling. I, I can't wait for uh, to get up there for a game. So, uh, let's see here. I could go softball. They got new uniforms, which look great. Curse of Cowgirls on the front is nice. So- softball How- the midweek game too. Wichita State got baseball and softball from us on Tuesday. Oh yeah, well, I can't go with them then. How about Oklahoma State? cheerleading how about bet you didn't expect that curveball from me from my bullet okay uh, they're competing for another national championship in florida currently uh wraps up uh tomorrow on saturday i felt like when i was in school colby they won national titles all four years i was there maybe five all five years i was there <laughs> which is neither here nor there uh but no that don't get my bullet let's shout out to the cheer squad they do a great job i didn't you didn't you love it colby going to basketball games when the the, the guys and the girls would do backflips all the way across the court from one end oh. to the other. Like, I don't know how the hell they, they do that. No, I have no idea how they do it. They do it at basketball. They do it in the end zones at football. Uh, every year, the homecoming rally, whenever it was held in Gallagher Arena, um, the, the cheer squad would come out after the game or at halftime, whatever, and, and do their stuff. And everybody loved it. It's it's wild watching them do their stuff and tumble and uh, do all those flips and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's always a crowd pleaser. So that's that's definitely a good one. Uh, Carson, a BB. Kind of tough to, to find a BB in the offseason, especially whenever things are kind of rolling. I'm not going to give it to softball for dropping one random midweek game. I think that that happens. Uh, you know, you get to 32-2, and two, maybe you start reading your, your press clippings a little bit, and you get brought back down to earth uh, with a midweek game in Wichita. They won yesterday in Lawrence, uh, so we'll hold off on that. I'll just toss it at another random Oklahoma State golfer who's struggling at the Masters. Alex Noren has played well here at times. He just didn't get off to a good start yesterday. Didn't play really well. So uh, on a day when the BBs, I think, are a little fewer and further between, I'll just randomly toss one Alex Noren's way. I thought he's always been bad at Augusta. I could be wrong, though. Uh, I think he's been okay here from time to time. Gosh, I didn't realize how bad it is. He's seven over par now, so he's way outside the cut line and no chance of really getting back. He's made the cut once, and that was a T62, so he's never played well there. Okay, well, then uh, just follow <laughs> to Alex Noren for his poor performances at Augusta. I only know this because I always consider him, and then I look up his, his master's record, and it's awful. So. Hey, what, worst performance from a Swede this week, Alex Noren or Jay Lindeberg? Uh, I got to get to Lindbergh. I mean, <laughs> they've been that's, – that's unprecedented BB right there for the shirt they made Victor Hovland wear. They massacred my boy. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go with the Pac-12. You know, there's more reports about their TV deal. Now they're eyeing a quote-unquote national network, but it's not looking good for them. They're extending their deadline. It may linger into like the fall. And this national network that I think they're talking about is the CW, which you and I railed on for, you know, cross-promotion between reruns of 7th Heaven and, you know, Pac-12 After Dark. It's just, it's glorious. And, And this is kind of a, also a bullet as well, because Brett Yormark has just been a sensational hire. Just all this, it's weekly stuff he's doing to innovate and, and get more, um, you know, respect on the Big 12's name. And it just, every move he makes, Colby, it makes Bob Bowlesby look even more worthless than he was. The, the league literally almost folded under Bob Bowlesby's watch. And you still get these administration folks talking about what a great commissioner Bob Bowlesby was. Doesn't make any sense. So BB for Bob Bowlesby as well. Uh, that's a good one. I did not expect Bob Bowlesby to be brought into the conversation today. That is a really good one. Man, Pac-12, they have got to feel like just absolute losers right now, right? I mean, they are just they're, they're just stuck. Nobody wants them. No, I mean, they seriously overplayed their hand, and apparently they're not scared of losing any teams, but I think I think Brett Yormark's not done going after them. So uh, that's that's my BB as well. Colby, this was a short one. Um, thanks for joining me. Enjoy the Masters. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, don't believe so. Good one. Good luck to baseball and softball. Wrapping up their series tomorrow evening. Uh, softball's in Lawrence. Baseball's in Fort Worth. Both won last night. Hopefully they can keep it going. Does Victor get it done this weekend or no? Who, who's uh, your pick to win, I guess I should say? I, my pick to win is Brooks Kepka. I, I think some things would have to go wrong. Uh, I mean, this wind is about to kick up, and it's about to get bitter, bitter cold tomorrow morning if these guys are able to get back out on the course. Um, and he's going to be sitting in the warm. Just He's going to have his feet kicked up. I, I don't think much is going to stop him at this point. So that's my pick. Who you got? Well, he's putted really, really well to this point. And John Rahm has been good, not great. I, I think I think Rahm's going to win it. I think I think Rahm's just been so good all year. I think I think Brooks might show a little his putter's got to cool down at some point. He's just, this is like the guy we saw three years ago. And I just, I don't believe he's fully back to being that guy yet. We'll, we'll see. He's had perfect yeah. conditions this point. Let's see uh, if some doubt creeps in how he handles it. You might be right. He's uh he's five clear right now though. Jason day made a double at 15. Nobody's really coming after him. Uh, Victor couldn't, couldn't birdie the par five second. Rom was in the trees on one. Um, I, I don't know, man. Somebody's going to have to really do something special to go out and chase him because he's just so far out in front now. Um, good stuff, Carson. Appreciate everyone joining us on a Friday. Thanks for listening. As always, we're back next week. Go Pokes.